Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome everyone to It's Not an Allegory, where we talk about Jesus and books and coffee and philosophy and... Art. Yep. All the things. All the things. I'm Pam. This is my lovely co-host, Erin. She's blushing every time I call her lovely, but it's the truth. So, without further ado, I will first quickly apologize for the inconsistency of upload. We have an exciting announcement, as long as an apology for this. Um, the apology comes from me. I'm responsible for uploading, and I slept through our recording time yesterday, and so, therefore, there was no podcast recorded, and the reason we uploaded last week was the more exciting update, which is we have decided, after much thinking and discussing, and people asking us when we're recording, that we should upload more. So, we're going to upload weekly. Hopefully. Yes. Because... We'll, be tre- we'll try to be as consistent as possible. Yeah. If not, we'll, like, say, hey, sorry, no episode this week if, like, exams are really crazy or something like that. But, I mean, this is, like, our favorite way to procrastinate anyways. It's true. It doesn't take us that much time. Maybe it should take us more time. It probably should. should. Probably should. The last few (laughs) have been really scatterbrained, but we planned this one. Like, really well. Thoroughly. We researched. We researched. I read. I have... This is something that I would say we are both knowledgeable in in regard to the fact that we have both had long conversations about this. So, so here's our disclaimer, I guess. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the movie Soul, Pixar, new Pixar movie. So if you haven't seen Soul yet, stop listening now because we will spoil it. Unless you don't really care. Unless you're like, I'm not going to watch Soul. We will try our best to explain. We'll explain the plot and mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, so if you're wanting to watch Soul and don't want it spoiled, just stop listening now and listen once you've watched the movie Soul. Correct. <laughs> all right. But before we get into all that, Erin... What kind of coffee are we drinking today? We're drinking a medium roast from Burundi. See, I know this week. I actually, I'm awake this week. <laughs> from Burundi. Uh, this is not from Travis Johnson because since we're switching to weekly mm-hmm. instead of bi-weekly, uh, we didn't get coffee mm-hmm. from Travis this week. So sorry about that. Uh, but still check out Metal Art Coffee Roasters if you want to get coffee. Um, this is not our sponsor, but Atlas Coffee Company is responsible for the coffee this week. My good friend, Brittany Siemens, who's probably listening, hopefully, maybe. Hi, Brittany. Uh, she is a lovely friend, and her Christmas gift to me this year was a three-month subscription to Atlas Coffee Company, where I get coffee from around the world once a month for three months. And this was the first one. And honestly, when I first made it, I was like, this is arguably one of the best cups of coffee I've ever had, which is saying a lot. I've had many a cup of coffee in my day. Mm-hmm. So to to make, it's in the top 10 for sure of like roasts I've had. So yeah, I said medium roast. It has apricot, malt chocolate, and honey tones to Mm -hmm. it. It is lovely. You can like kind of taste all those things in your mouth. Like the apricot's kind Mm -hmm. of like a little bit of sourness just in like your cheeks. Mm -hmm. But you taste the malt chocolate kind of on your tongue and towards the back of your mouth. And then the honey tones like follow Mm -hmm. it afterwards. Oh man, it's good. It's so smooth. It's very nice. It's so smooth. And like this is a nice strong cup. Man, good stuff. Mm-hmm. I love coffee so much. And this is good for Pam because she woke up from a nap about half an hour ago. I did. <laughs> we were going to start recording at 3. And then I went into your room at 3.30 and you were asleep. <laughs> so I was. I, I don't know, man. I. It's a Sunday afternoon. It's Sunday afternoon. I nap on Sunday afternoons. That is what 
Sunday afternoons are it's for. It's a tradition. Sunday mornings are for church and for Jesus, and Sunday, Sunday afternoons are nap time. Mm-hmm. Because I've probably talked to a lot of people when it's I exhausting. was celebrating communion and interacting with fellow believers. It's a mm-hmm. blessing. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. So it's I nap. It's kind of exhausting. It, it was. And then, you know, I was going to nap right away, and then I went to go talk to people, and then I was going to go nap after that, and then I got a text ask, from a friend asking if I could um, straighten his hair, because he has long hair and he wants to know how long it is. And it's really long. It's really long. I was shocked. It's long. It's halfway down his back. Wow. Yeah. That is very long. So, hair. yeah. And then got out of that. And then I was going to nap, and then we ended up talking, and then finally got to my room, and... And then you napped. I napped. And then I had to wake up. Then I woke you up. Yep. Yes. Anyways. So. Yes. Podcasts. Yes. Actual things. Mm-hmm. You have a question for me. I do. So, in the theme of our podcast being about a Pixar movie, we've had a lot of discussions about Pixar movies. A lot of discussions. We're kind of nerds. We're kind of nerds. a little bit, if you hadn't picked up on that already. Once in a while, we talk about how we should definitely get jobs at Pixar. Mostly Erin should get a job job at Pixar. Pixar. She would be great at it. I would love to do, like, concept art. Mm -hmm. Like, I watched, uh, of course, I've watched the Lord of the Rings documentaries. I know this isn't Pixar. Mm -hmm. But there were guys whose whole job was just to draw concepts for for scenescapes mm-hmm. and like what Rivendell was going to look like and what Lothlorien was going to look like all these different things and I watched that documentary and I was like I want that job mm-hmm. that would be the coolest job ever mm-hmm. so that's the dream job right there it is if you have any connections please hook me up so in light of this we have had many discussions about Pixar movies but now we have to ask the important question about Pixar movies which is what is the best Pixar movie. Toy Story. One or two. First one. I'm so glad you didn't even cl- include three. Or is there a fourth one now? Yeah, there's four. I, I haven't seen, seen the fourth, fourth. one. I've been I saw the third waste. one, and the third one actually did make me cry. It made me cry. But uh, first one. First one is so, so good. Mm-hmm. Like, Pixar was this... Like, even just in terms of story, like, brilliant, cute story. Like, these toys that come to life. And, like, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen fantastic like dynamic between the two of them those are two of my favorite actors love tim allen love tom hanks so good and like just the whole storyline like very sarcastic very witty uh it's such a cute movie but also like pixar was this nobody company no one heard of heard of them ever and they dropped this movie in 97 and everyone's like where did you come from that was incredible Mm -hmm. and changed animation forever Right? So good. They completely revamped the animation game into the 3, 3D animation, and I'm going to totally geek out. But, like, I could geek out, I mean, but, like, I've, I've Didn't watched... they get advice from VeggieTales on how to animate? Yes, they did. For Toy Story. Because they know what's up, and they know that VeggieTales is flipping brilliant. I wish I was wearing my Larry Boy shirt. Alas, I am not. But, man, Pixar was brilliant with that. Very good film. I, yeah. Toy Story. Woody, like, just... His character arc and, like, how he softens, like, he was this leader and he was a good leader and he had a good system, but he needed this humbling of, like, there are other good leaders and there's other ways that toys could, mm-hmm. could, inco- mm-hmm. and he saw, like, he learned so much from that, mm-hmm. from Buzz, and Buzz is this chachi mm-hmm. astronaut who learns mm-hmm. about, like, ah, oh, the simpler things of life and it's just so, so sweet. Mm-hmm. Love it so much. Hmm. Ah, Toy Story. I need to watch that again. It's been too long. It's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. 
Story 2 is also good. I do it love I actually think I prefer Toy Story 2 to the first one. I'm, oh, no. I love Jessie. Yeah, it has I love Jessie. Great lines, and... but of course you love Jessie. She's pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I really like that story. And I actually really enjoy the third one. I, I like, the thing I like about Pixar is that a lot of the time, it's not the happy ending you expect it to mm-hmm. be. Yep. But it's not... It's still good. It's not a bad ending. Like, of course we wanted the toys to yeah. stay with Andy, part of us. Like, all the 90s kids who are just like, please, no, don't leave Andy. Andy, you can't grow up and go to college. Like, there's this mm-hmm. sadness. But, like, Pixar was really acknowledging the reality of, like, it is sad when kids grow up. And, like, every parent who watches their kid grow up, they're going to have this same feeling. But it's still a good thing. Like mm-hmm. what? And so then, yeah, it moves and, in. And I haven't seen yeah. the fourth one. I want to see it. But And even with, continue. like, um, yeah, with that one or with... Inside Out. I love Ooh, Inside, Inside Out. Out. It's actually one of my favorite Pixar. I think it's Pixar, is it not? Yeah. Oh, it's Disney Pixar. Yeah, Disney Pixar. I, that's one of my favorites by Pixar. Wait, we were including Disney Pixar movies? Yes. Oh, then Tangled is probably the best one ever. But we're... Never that's mind. not done by Pixar, though. That's not by the Pixar department. Is it not? Nope. That's Walt Disney's department. Okay. Yeah. But it's still Pixar animation. Mm-mm. Isn't it? No. Never mind. Oh, my goodness. I thought I knew what I was talking about. Never mind. Carry on. Um. But, yeah, like with... um. Inside Out, I like that sadness ends up being a key part in um, Riley's growing up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all just want everybody to be happy, but it was really acknowledging, like, look, there are sad things in life, but that doesn't, sad things are not bad things. And I really like that acknowledgement. Or mm-hmm. even in Monsters, Inc., when they got, or Monsters University, when both of them, when they get kicked out of college, that was so sad. But they were able to grow through that. They had developed such a key bond and friendship through it and then like when they uh had to give up boo mm. in monsters inc that scene makes me cry but it's it was but for the it's best. It was so good, good. But mm-hmm. boo got to go home pixar is really good at like tugging your heartstrings mm-hmm. in just the right way where like they're not forcing you to cry it's not like a nicholas sparks book where oh. it's like <laughs> i know i almost <laughs> uh can you tell our not... opinions on nicholas sparks no, not at all. Uh, like, he's trying to... It's a tearjerker, mm-hmm. like, and violently mm-hmm. jerking you, trying to get mm-hmm. you to cry. And I hate movies like that so much. Like, it's so manipulative, and they're just... Their only purpose is to make you cry, and they will sacrifice character development, they will sacrifice plot, and all sorts of things just to get you to cry. Mm-hmm. They'll also pause the movie, and like, essentially, and just stop every, anything from moving on so that this... The character, one character can give this really emotional mm-hmm. speech. And of course everyone's going to cry. But I hate mm-hmm. that so much. That is not good, healthy emotions. But Pixar, I do love Pixar for that mm-hmm. of like, oh, these, it's, it's, it makes you cry because it's mm-hmm. a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's relatable and it's still part of the plot. Mm-hmm. Like it's a realistic part of the plot. They don't take things out of, they don't move the yes. movie aside just to make you cry. Mm-hmm. It's like part of the movie and it, and it flows and it all fits together very mm-hmm. nicely. And so then I don't feel bad about crying at a Pixar movie. I've, I've never felt bad about crying in a Pixar movie. My sister has cried in two movies in life. Were Just they both two. Pixar? No, neither of them were Pixar. Yeah. And she guilts me for crying every time I watch a Pixar movie. No! And I don't even feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Be- Becca has, like, is incapable of, like, crying. Oh, in a I was movie. like that for a while. She, she, She'll get there. It'll be okay. Yeah, I know. No, I was like that for a long time. I wanted to cry at movies, and I couldn't. And it was like, am I, am I okay? Do 
turns out I was not. But we're we're doing a lot better. We are I, doing a lot better. I yeah, I cry a lot. Character easier development. Now. Yeah, it's character development. It's mostly I me. It. I'm the person who did it. You just no, you're like not. I was the person that pushed you to the edge so that you Whatever. started crying. Yeah, more. you just like <laughs> made my life so miserable. I totally did. <laughs> As you're laughing your head off. <laughs> that is not why I started crying again. But mm-hmm. no, there's a healthy way to cry, and and, and yeah. Pixar is good Pixar's for so good. So what's your favorite Pixar short? Then? Oh, man. This is like a, a intense discussion at my house. Um, my family loves the Pixar shorts. We watch many of them. I think there's only one I haven't seen, and that's Bao. Oh, wait. No, I did watch that one, too. Um, my favorite is Presto. That is the single... Oh, it just kills me every time. It's so funny. I... Love it. It's a little rabbit who really wants a carrot, but he can't get the carrot until after the magic show. And he's really frustrated because he just wants his carrot, so he doesn't cooperate. At all. At all. And the poor magician, I don't really feel bad for him because he's kind of awful. But he... Feed your bunny! Yeah, he wouldn't feed the bunny. And so the bunny decided, okay, I see how this is. So he, like, electrocutes the magician. Oh, he does all these things. So much shenanigans. It had some Looney Tune vibes to it. Yeah, it it did. There's, like, mousetraps. Barbara Seville kind of. Oh, absolutely. Uh Things fell on his head. That magician ended up being on fire, getting hit by a ladder. But he got a standing ovation. He got a standing ovation, and he, like, was ready to... Kill the rabbit. That rabbit became stew almost, I'm pretty sure. Probably. But yeah, that's probably my favorite. Um, another really good one is the bird one. Um, yeah, the birds for on the a... birds when they're on the wire. Uh that one's pretty funny. That one's hilarious. Um Boundin is good. I like Was that the same one? That's not Boundin. No. Boundin is the jackalope. Mm-hmm. That's a fun little ditty and it's just it's funny. I I like the matchstick girl. It's really sad. Oh um, yeah. That one is but really sad. But the art in it is beautiful mm-hmm. pixar has always been mm. absolutely brilliant for like an artistic experience like <gasps> visually they're just, just so brilliant they flow everything one. well and when they break the fourth wall the jackalope yes. breaks the fourth wall it like suddenly all the lights go off and he just freezes and it's just like really awkward and you're like this is hilarious another fourth wall break i was gonna mention this when we were talking mm-hmm. about pixar movies the bloopers at the end they animate bloopers i know that one's so good like what? No one had ever done it before. And it was absolutely brilliant. And it's like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Because it just, like, as a kid, I was like, did they, like, is this real? And, like, it was, 3D animation was new. Mm-hmm. As a, and so, as a kid, you're watching this and you're like, is this real? Is this even a cartoon? And, like, when your little brain doesn't quite understand how cartoons work yet. And then there's this new thing you're, you've grown up with, like, Disney, like, classic Disney, where it's obviously 2D animation. And then you're watching 3D animation and the bloopers come on and you're like, questioning your whole entire life. Oh, it's so funny. Is this this animated? I can't tell anymore! I definitely had that crisis as a kid. I don't know if you watched this short. I just remembered it. And my sister and I, this is what YouTube was for, was just to watch this short. Mm -hmm. And this is the beginning of my poetic, kind of slightly hopeless romantic self. But it was the paper airplane one. Basically, this one is so cute. The two people work in, like, neighboring buildings and this guy sees the girl and he just thinks she's absolutely beautiful but they work in two different buildings and so he's throwing paper it's all airplane black and white. after paper airplane yeah he's and he's throwing so cute. uh but then like and she doesn't really get them and he gets super discouraged and then he ends up near the end getting one with a little red kiss on it and like i mean they do a really cutesy like all the airplanes mm-hmm. like kind of 
attack him, attack, mm-hmm. but like they, they, they all attach to him and they're pushing him. They push him onto the subway mm-hmm. and then he's just surrounded by all these airplanes that never made it to her. Yeah. And then, and the airplanes like force him along mm-hmm. and then eventually they meet it's up. It's so good. And then the only pop of color is when she mm-hmm. gives him a note and it's just like, that is a Adorable. It's so oh good. Oh my word. And there was another one I watched and it made me it made me really sad actually, but it was really cute. And it was about a pit bull. Um and this pit bull was abused and like a fighting like a fighting dog. Um, but he was shown love. And he like I don't remember exactly I only watched it once and there was like um I think another like, I think a cat or something, like, came out and, like, just kind of took care of it. Mm. And, like, That's this, cute. this like, went and cleaned up all his wounds because this pit bull was a fighting pit bull. So he was beat up and sad and had bites and stuff. And this cat came and, like, cleaned them all up and brought him some food because he could sneak around and stuff. And it was really sweet. And then um, the cat helped him escape. Mm. And I think it was a cat. I can't remember exactly. It was the weirdest short I've ever seen, but I also loved it. Is it the cat one? No. Okay. The dumpling. Yeah, that's Bao. That's Bao. I haven't, I only saw watched it once and it was weird. It's weird. It was so like, what is happening kind of the whole entire time. Okay. I didn't, I didn't remember yeah. what you were talking about with Bao. Oh yeah, yeah. The dumpling. And like, it's alive and it's raised by this sad old woman. Uh-huh. And like, uh, what, what, like, <laughs> yeah, like, it was weird. I, a lot of people... Like, Pixar, are you okay? Like, do you have a weird attachment to your dumplings? Also the babysitting one for um, Incredibles. Oh, for Incredibles. Yeah. Maybe Jack, 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 Attack. That one is awesome. That one was phenomenal. That is it what so it's funny. like to babysit any t- two-year-old. Like, I'm pretty sure. Like, whoever wrote that and, like, the just really, came out of babysitting. The really subtle uh, motives for, like, what, what the mm-hmm. characters represent in, in Incredibles is another reason Pixar is great. Like... I told you that. You told me. Actually, no, I read the Tumblr post that you oh. sent me as well. But uh, we'll say it now. <laughs> so if you haven't heard about this, if you haven't read it on, on an Instagram Tumblr post, <laughs> Pam's making a face at me, saffing me. Uh, <laughs> but, like, in The Incredibles, Mr. Incredible has super strength because, like, dads are supposed to be the strong ones who help the family and provide and carry for them. And the mom is super stretchy because moms are pulled in every direction and have to be in multiple places at once and all these things. Uh, Violet can turn invisible because every teenager wishes they were invisible and puts up force fields, like puts up walls to protect themselves. Uh, Dash is like ADHD as heck and he just super fast going all over the place because classic Mm -hmm. nine, ten year old boy is Mm -hmm. just moving in every direction super fast. And then the baby can do anything because babies are full of potential and you don't know Mm -hmm. what they're going to be like. But that's cool. I was like, wow, subtle Disney, Pixar, like, wow. Very you know, I watched that movie thoughts. so many times as a kid, and not even kidding, that entire time, all I wanted to be was Edna. That, That's all I wanted to be. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. And you're even wearing glasses that are just like I know. Edna's. You know what? When the first, I've worn this style of glasses for years and years and years. Edna mode. Ed, Edna mode. And Such a funny character. Every time I bought these glass, like this style of glasses, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, Edna. That's it. That's it. That's what I want to be. And it's hilarious. She is phenomenal. Anyway, as you can tell, we love Pixar. If you ever want to just make us happy, send us things about Pixar. I also just realized that Frozone, super cool. Like the uncle. 
who just is super cool mm. and shows up. Yeah, the cool uncle. Yeah, cool uncle. And he's frozen. Mm-hmm. Powers are ice. Mm-hmm. So funny. Anyway, so funny. Yep. Yep. As much as we would love to just sit and Where's talk about Where's my super suit? That's like my favorite line. I quote Kills that a me. lot. Yeah, you do. Um, as much as we would love to just talk about generic Pixar and yep. how amazing it is. The movie Soul! Aaron has thoughts on this movie. I have thoughts on this movie. Pam, give us a synopsis first. Yes, let's give a synopsis. <laughs> so, it's about a man named Joe. Joe is a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't quite gone the way he's expected. His true passion is jazz. This is all quoted from Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. Can't remember. And he is good. But when he travels to another realm to help someone um, find their passion, he rediscovers what it means to have a soul. So, so travels to another realm? Yeah, I feel like they're trying to not spoil it. Um, since we're, we already gave the disclaimer, we'll just say right now, he dies! He in, fell down a manhole and died. In the first ten minutes. It's kind of the worst. It's kind of like, like pull, wait, it's like, what just happened? Sorry, yeah, what? It's, it's, it really sucked. Cause like, he finally gets his big break, he's so happy, he dies. And you just kind of sit there like, what? No. What? What? No. Did that? Yep, he's dead. And then the next thing you see is his soul mm-hmm. going towards... The Great Unknown. Which is depicted and has the sound of a giant bug zapper. And that was my, that was where I was like, that's, that's the moment problem, Aaron hated the movie. Problem number one. Sorry, what? The Great Beyond is a bug, bug zapper. zapper. Yeah. I hated that so much. Oh, like, man. Of all the things you could have depicted it as, a bug zapper. So... That was my first qualm. Continue. Anyway, so yeah, it's this, like, I don't know, probably mid-20s, late-20s, maybe early-30s band teacher. He's, like, in his 50s or 60s, man. He's Is old. He? He's, like, middle age. He didn't have gray. Yeah, he did. Okay. 40s. 40s. Probably 40s. Okay, fine. Yeah, something like that. 40s. Meet in the he's middle He's going there. through his life, and he's just, it's, he wants to be a professional jazz touring player for piano he's a really good piano player and Mm -hmm. he just keeps getting down on his luck his mom just wants him to get a full-time job with a pension but he's up on the music career yeah as every artist's mom probably wishes and prays for um (laughs) not that we're two artists who know anything about that wow throws that out there (laughs) i'm just saying and yeah he but then he dies right after he gets yeah my mom said that she would not uh, what would she, what did I say? I said, Mom, what would you do if I went to art school? And she was just like, I, she paused and she looked at me and she said, I would love you no matter what you do. And just that's left it. Response. And I was like, wow. Okay. I think that's me. supposed to be supportive. Yeah, I think so. I think but my mom loves that. My, my mom's also an artist, so it's not like she it. could. My mom also wants me to have a job and not... 40 grand in debt. <laughs> oh, that, that's fair. So, my mom like my mom got married out of Bible college and, and never had the career. Like she was not a mm-hmm. career woman at all. She had a family and she paid. So and I I that's the ideal mm-hmm. life to me right there. So Fair enough. She, she's probably like, well, I didn't do that, so whatever. Like she doesn't care if I have a career and she's like, Aaron, you're a talented artist, just be an artist. I don't care. Hmm. It's like as long as you do it for Jesus, I'm like, well, do that, mom. Joe's mom is like my mom. Joe's mom is and... like your mom. Okay. Um, we love, and we, disclaimer here, we both love our moms. Joe loves his mom, I love my mom, and that's how it is. Anyway, so he's going, he finally gets a break to go play for this 
well-known jazz musician. Mm -hmm. And he gets in because he's really good, um, even though nobody expects him to be. And then he's about to go out, he's got to get a suit, and then he falls down a manhole and dies. And then, then we see, okay, yeah. And he somehow get, finds his... He avoids the bug zapper in the sky. And falls into another realm in which you find all these small souls. Who are about to be born. But haven't... They can't be born until they find their spark. What they... Well, they have to fill all these things of, like, what their personality is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And then once they get... They fill their card, essentially. Then they get sent to Earth. Yes. But then... But souls that have died can go and mentor Mm -hmm. these souls to help them fill their cards out. So he finds himself Which hurts me to even say these words. Like, it feels like vinegar in my mouth of, like, this is so... Ah, anyway, so yes, he finds himself here. He's not supposed to be here. Um, you're supposed to get sent there by these figures who run these alternate dimensions. We people. think it's quantum realm. So yeah. So I think the movie is trying to tell us that soul, your soul comes from the quantum realm. I think that's what it was. I think that was what it, it was. It was a lot of okay. scientific mumbo jumbo. Um, it was really cool. Another dimension. I'm not lie. Well, like, artistically, it was cool, but I was like, that's not what quantum realms are. But. Anyway, so they're going through, and he's watching, and basically these souls go through all these buildings and get their different personalities. They go through, and then before, the last thing they need to do is find their spark. And their spark is the last thing they need to get to Earth, and that's basically what they're passionate about. So Joe realizes very quickly his is his spark that he had was jazz. Um, another spark could be sports, or cooking or philosophy or but not to be confused with your purpose in life well i'm getting there yeah and so like this is your spark this is what you're and joe's like oh obviously mine is jazz like i've spent my whole life doing jazz and so he gets swept into this area where all these older souls are about to mentor younger souls and they these mentors are supposed to help them this young soul find their spark so they can go into the world yada 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 joe gets paired with this young soul. Number 22. Number 22. So it was really funny because they're like, okay, uh, all right, this person who's died, you're mentoring soul number 1,646,000, blah, 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 big long number, right? And then it's all right, all right, and and so-and-so, which is Joe, mm-hmm. like we know as Joe, the character we're following, you're with number 22. And oh, it's boy. Like, oh, boy. And... Uh, but does time exist? So how long has yeah, this soul been know. there? We have no idea. We don't know. It was very Basically, unclear. since the dawn of time, this soul has been there. And this soul does not want to go to Earth. She has tried everything. Well, we don't know if it's a he or she. It, she chooses, or it chooses the voice of a middle-aged white woman. Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Because she <laughs> thinks was the that greatest it, choice ever. it was the greatest choice ever. Because, <laughs> in the words of the character, it seems to annoy everybody. And it's hilarious. So she... But apparently it's racist, according yeah. to, to some of the reviewers that we reread. Yeah, that's a whole other that was story. A whole other but, so anyway, yes. So they decide to go through, and twenty two just cannot see the purpose in anything. They don't want to go to Earth. It just seems like a waste of time. Why would I go there and die when I can just stay here and just be a soul forever and not really do anything? Um, you quickly realize it's just because she didn't really see how people can find joy in things. So the entire story is she accident. They accidentally end up going to Earth in a bit of a mistake, 
adventure that yeah. involves some shamans and stuff. We don't really know what happened in that it was, scene. But yeah, then... A bunch of people having an out-of-body experience. Apparently, if you have an out-of-body experience, your soul goes to this quantum realm and you can help the souls that are wandering and lost and, and help free them. Yes. Free all the hedge so, fund managers. Yes. And then, so they go through and they are able to get back to Earth somehow, but then... Joe's soul ends up in the body of a cat, which, if there are souls in the bodies of cats, that explains a lot about the different cats in the world and why they hate humans so much. But 22 is now in Joe's body, and she is experiencing things for the first time. As a soul, she couldn't taste. She eats pizza for the first time, and she's blown away by how good it is. Mm -hmm. She meets other people and gets to see them interacting. She is overwhelmed by the joy that is in just watching the sunrise and watching leaves fall. And by the end of the movie, she realizes that she does get her spark. And it's not anything small. It's her her, her spark, the thing that brings her joy and, like, the thing that she's passionate about. Does this is spark just, joy? <laughs> yeah, does this spark joy? It was just living. That mm -hmm. was her spark. She was absolutely in love with the way that the sun sets and rises and, and the, the way, way leaves, leaves fell fall from the, the tree sky. and the way that people interact with each other and it was actually I thought that was the coolest thing in the movie but then it was they, cool they I end up like dying again and um, yeah switching bodies and it's an old ordeal and you learn a lot about like Joe realizes that his spark is not necessarily his purpose in life what he's passionate about doesn't mean that it's all that he is so we didn't get to know what that purpose yeah. was. And that's for you to decide. Apparently, that's for you to decide. Um, it was... I. What else is there? Overall, this was not a kid's show. I will say it's not a kid's show. I watched I it mean, with my sister the last the few time. Pixar movies, yeah. they are for kids. Like, I mean, I watched Onward, and Onward was a good movie, but it, it involved necromancy, and yeah. I just wouldn't... I just it, wouldn't show that to a kid. The thing, yeah, there's a lot of just abstract thoughts, which are cool, but it's... There are points where it is a little too heavy for kids. Also, they had some weird stuff that we'll address in a bit. Um, it's very much along the same vein as Inside Out. It's addressing pretty big, abstract questions. Inside Out was addressing what emotions are. Mm -hmm. This is addressing, from a very humanist, um, borderline pagan perspective, what a soul is. And a mm -hmm. big... Th the thing... Borderline I, pagan? Sorry. Okay, it was pretty Full -blown pagan. Full-blown pagan it was, perspective. It was pretty pagan. And um, I wouldn't say don't show it to a kid because it's yeah. so spiritual. I like and because kids mm -hmm. don't understand spiritual things. I'd say don't show it to a kid because kids are so yeah. spiritually in tuned. Yeah, it would really it, like, like they. It just would throw them off so yeah. much. And like you know what, kids are really spiritually aware. I think more mm -hmm. so than adults. Mm -hmm. Like that's why faith like a child. Kids mm -hmm. have faith so much easier. There's that. That's a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. We should have a podcast about that because I have done kidsmen a lot of years and have mm -hmm. a lot of things, a lot of thoughts about that. But that's why I wouldn't show it to a kid is because now you're exposing them to this pagan view and now you have to explain why it's wrong. Yeah. That's the part that's going to be harder for kids because they're going to pick up on this spiritual mm -hmm. thing and not know what to do with I, it. Yeah, I watched it. The first time I watched it, I watched it at home. I watched it with my little sister. My little sister's 14, 13, 14 now. And I talked about it with my mom later and, like, we agreed. Like, we said, like, you know, it's fine that she watched it. However... She would be the youngest we would say to watch it. Like, our yeah. friends came, have little kids and asked if they should watch it, and we said no. Um, but the, a really big question in it is just, what is the meaning of life? Um, that's just what I thought the big, which adds to the question everybody just kind of wants to know. What is the meaning of life? There's millions of movies about it. So, yeah, 
Um, I actually really didn't love the movie. As you can tell, Aaron really did not love the movie. I I liked parts of it. Yes. We will start with my opinion on why it's actually not a bad movie. <laughs> I have a list. All right, and Pam, then... give me yeah. all the reasons why this very pagan film was not a bad movie. Okay, well, from a humanist standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and first off, the art is absolutely phenomenal as we mm-hmm. said it's in different realms and different dimensions and it they, is beautiful they portray that really well it's not a two-dimensional movie in any capacity like they have different forms different styles of art to illustrate different realms they use yeah. different colors to illustrate different realms yeah. it's a very creative well thought through movie in terms of just how they portray things mm-hmm. that like could get very muddy in terms of like where's this person so i'd watch it on mute on? yeah oh well I wouldn't because the music is also Actually, the incredible. the music is brilliant. It's a jazz-themed movie, obviously. He's a jazz musician. And the jazz... I love piano jazz. Piano and jazz are just are two... Just, that's a match made in heaven. Add mm-hmm. a little bit of saxophone And in it's there. in New York, so oh, it's New York jazz. I would love to so see this. Good. I think this would have suited a lot better in New Orleans. Mm, like, and you yeah. get that New Orleans kind of like that mm-hmm. really... Also, it's a very... Grungy... Eth- not like grungy. It's a thick... There's a lot of, like, ethnicity in it. Like, mm-hmm. there's... And so, like, I, the culture in it was actually... I thought it was beautifully portrayed. It, was. it wasn't showing... Like, like it was, uh, like, black soul jazz. Yes. Like, that was, was the culture so they were per- portraying. And it was, like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. I am very fascinated by... Yeah. Um, that's soul jazz. Another thing I really cool. appreciated was some of the jokes. They made a subtle jab at the basketball team, the Knicks, and I laughed... So funny. I still laugh it at It was the so jokes funny. In the back of my head. I think it's hilarious another what was thing the joke? Tell the okay joke. so basically they go into this other realm where when people are doing something they love and they're in the zone they end up in this realm in their head and just nothing else is real and 22 really lo- can also go into this realm and she loves messing with them so she will throw things at the knicks so when they're about to score so that they miss and it's the funniest thing and she says i've been messing with this team for years and i i i Literally buckled over laughing. I was laughing so hard. So they also funny. make jokes about hedge fund managers and how they so, like just the are... lost souls who get like yeah. really obsessed on an idea and get consumed by it. Oh. Apparently, you can go and like help them out. Yep. And the one guy was really obsessed with this idea, and you find out he's a, he's hedge a hedge fund, fund manager. manager. And the... and they free him, and all of yeah. a sudden, like you just see him in his office, and he's just like sitting at his computer, like dead eyes are dead, and he's just doing hedge fund manager oh. things. I don't understand. Oh, no, what do I want to stonks? I don't know <laughs> the things. And then. <laughs> He suddenly, like, sits up, and he's like, what am I doing here? And he rips his computer off of the desk. He starts throwing papers everywhere, and he's running around the office like, why are we doing what we're doing? Like, we are so it's dead so inside. Good. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile oh. the yogi <laughs> m- m- shaman so who funny. freed him is just like, ah, yes, another hedge fund manager. <laughs> Typical. And you just learn that most of these lost souls are, in fact, hedge fund managers so who are just Make super a trade. sad. Make a trade. Make a trade. It yeah, it's funny. so good. So that was, that was, that was hilarious. Um, I... And then there were a lot of things, like, small things in it. It addressed mental illness through the lost souls. They say that basically when you, like, being in the zone is good. You know, you get things you're passionate about and you're excited about them. But then the line between being passionate and obsessed is a Mm -hmm. very thin line. And you find out that these people become so obsessed with their spark that they end up losing themselves. And they aren't. They're really, not finding joy in they're it They're not anymore. finding joy anymore in it. And they're just like, it's an addiction almost. And so I really liked the way they addressed that. I thought that that was very clever because mm-hmm. that's something, like I'm a bit of a mental health 
nerd. Mm. Um, obviously, I what you? I know. Uh, learn learn a bit about me, and that's not a shock. But I really like that. Um, the idea of you can be anything kind of came up, and I just the reason I liked that was because um. I don't know, growing up, like, from the time I was 10, everybody was like, what do you want to be? You have to have this one career in mind. You can only do this. What are you passionate about? That's going to be what you do. And growing up, I was like, well, I love music, and I love writing, and I love art. I can't make those into careers and have money. Yeah. I can't. You have to be, like, the best mm-hmm. of the best of the best to do that, but it, so, just because you're passionate doesn't mean you're the best yeah, at it. Yeah, exactly. And so I really liked that they kind of pointed out like there was one character named Dez who his he really wanted to be a vet and veterinarian not a veteran and, and like a, <laughs> yeah a veterinarian but instead he's a barber and Joe thought that his this guy's spark was being a barber and doing hair because he's then so he, good at it and he's like yeah and he finds such joy in it. But then you find out that's not it. You don't actually find out what his spark is. You just find out that he's really happy being a barber, even though it's not what he wanted to be. And so, it, but he's still so full of joy. And jo- uh, Joe is really just surprised by this knowledge because he's just like, man, how can you be so happy doing something that you're not passionate about? And you find out, well, it's not that he's not passionate about it. It's just not his only passion. He's got more into life. Um, I like that was cool. I did like yeah. that as well. And I liked that, like your soul is full of life. There's all these just vibrant people that he interacts with, like the barber, like um, the different, uh, like the sign spinner. The, down yeah, the, the sign spinner who's He's definitely, definitely on a, shrooms. He, yeah, he definitely was taking some hallucinogenics. Like all these people were just such vibrant characters. Which and he realized like these people have souls. They're not just vi- They're not just side characters. Like yeah. these are people and so that was really cool um i it said you're more than your interests which again was a big deal to me Mm -hmm. um you can find joy in life and there is joy in life Mm -hmm. that's what i really liked about 22 it wasn't she actually just as someone who struggles with depression especially before i came to christ now i know my purpose my like christ is what brings me joy Mm -hmm. but i just the idea that you can find joy in anything and you don't need to have like one set thing that brings you joy Mm -hmm. that was really amazing to see because it was telling kids that like look you don't have to be a singer you don't have to be like you can just literally find joy in the way that wind blows and the way pizza tastes in the most basic things that every person experiences. Things we call mundane. It's yeah. like, this is just the walk down the street, but no, that street's actually really yeah. beautiful. And then, like, mm. the importance of being yourself. I, I'm i a sucker for that message. Always have been. Always will be. These, these people were just like, yeah, I want to be... Like, Joe wanted to be a jazz musician. He had to explain that to his mom. Like, look, I love jazz. This is what I want to be. This is who... Like, this is what my passion is. This is my spark. It's my, it's what I need. And it was really cool because in the end, his mom just kind of like, you know what? Yes, this is something that genuinely brings you life and brings you joy. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And dreams are important. Just don't let them consume you. And that was really cool. Mm. Um, however, it's also super pagan. Um, there are chakras. 
chanting and bongos are a big thing and yoga and astral planes and definitely out of body experiences and yoga and meditation and astrology and oh my goodness shamans and those so, shamanism is really dangerous yeah and but oh man there were so many hallucinogenics consumed in the making of this movie. Guaranteed. There, Every single one of those creators was at Burning Man. Oh, man. And his, his, like, Esalon, like, they're all, they're there, all doing that. There was just so much. Even the art kind of... I was like, it's point, beautiful, but how much of this was drug-induced? Like, it was, it was a beautiful experience, and I just kind of sat there like, there, there's no way that someone didn't take drugs and with a pencil in their hand and make this. Um, also, like, 100%, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, sign-spinning guy, definitely on drugs. 100%. 100%. There was nothing that, and so, yeah, like, there was a lot of things in it that, like, they talk a lot about, like, reincarnation and, um, how, like, it's just... They kind of nodded to virtually every other religion except Yeah, basically every other religion had... Merit. Maybe Islam didn't really, any, like, it was very much a new-agey... Very pan pantheistic panentheistic mm -hmm. movie. Very confusing. Um, which you know I I enjoy movies like that. That's most of the movies I watch, <laughs> and I love analyzing them. But it's still it was a wild time to like watch that and think, man, this is branded towards kids. Some kid is gonna see this and think, man, I can be a shaman and help some people, and that was problematic for me. Yep, personally. Yep. Yep. See, and I enjoyed the movie. Maybe it's because I like being angry. Maybe I like being I angry. I think you like being angry. I don't know. Not gonna but lie. I was just like sitting there like, this is for kids. Like, mm -hmm. and it was very, uh, very confusing. It was heartbreaking. It made me very sad. Because... Especially like, okay, and I've ranted to you about this yeah. before, Pam. But, like, I, I expected the movie to go in different places and I was disappointed they didn't go in this direction. So at one point in the movie, um, Joe was kind of figuring out like that these people that he met with every day, like his barber and the, the man on the corner kind of thing that he saw in daily life. And he had kind of just lived in his own world and he was very selfish. And he kind of, you saw this as like, oh, he's realizing these people have a lot more depth to them. And, and I was like, sweet, we're going to get to this classic Pixar. This is the, what I love about Pixar is they're going to get, they're going to give me this good moral message from the humanist standpoint, but like as close as they can, they're going to tell me that other people have their own journey. And like, they're also like, there's, they are people too living inside their own heads and you should care about them and you should care about their passions and like it's exciting to hear what people are passionate about I was like sweet they're gonna tell me to care for others because that's a good thing even mm -hmm. from a humanist standpoint they know mm -hmm. that you should take care of other people uh not they can't explain it to me logically but at least a lot of humanists think that mm -hmm. and then they never went there yeah they just kind of left it they like, just kind of oh. left it and they're just like the last line of the movie is, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but I'm going to live every day of it. And I was like, that is the most trite, stupid way to end this movie. And I was so mad. I almost flipped the table. I was like, why would you, why would you end it that way? Mm -hmm. And also, maybe it sounds really bad, mm -hmm. but that movie gave me no reason why I shouldn't take drugs for a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. It didn't refute that at all. No. In fact, I would say if you were paying attention, it encouraged it. Yeah. That you could take shrooms and have this crazy experience and that would make you a better person somehow. It'd help you find your spark. You could help other people along the way mm -hmm. by having these out-of-body experiences. Another thing that I just realized is um, that is very problematic about the movie is that souls don't enter the body until after they're born. Oh, that is a big problem. Yeah. So yep. that obviously implies that 
any fetus is not a child. That's not a child. That's just mm-hmm. a body. I didn't even think about an that. An empty body that doesn't have a soul. And so therefore you can do whatever you want with it. Doesn't matter if it's an inconvenience Oh, to I you. thought that movie already made me sad enough. And now yeah. I'm going to be more sad. And so... Like, I mean, Jews... Jews did believe in pre-existence of the soul. I was actually mm-hmm. reading for our, our mm-hmm. John exegetical, uh, in, like John chapter 9, the man mm-hmm. who's born blind, uh, people kept asking, uh, so it was, was it this man's sins mm-hmm. or the sins of his parents that caused him to be born mm-hmm. blind? And what I was reading is that a lot of Jews, especially Jewish leaders and the theologians at the time, did believe in the pre-existence of the soul. They mm-hmm. got that idea from Plato and the Greeks. Mm-hmm. This is from a William Barclay commentary, by the way, if you're wanting to look this up. Uh, so that they believed all souls existed before creation of the world, before guard, and were in the garden of Eden, of Eden, or that they were in the seventh heaven or in a certain chamber, chamber waiting to enter a body. Uh, the Greeks believed that such souls were inherently good, mm-hmm. and it was the entry into the body which contaminated them. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a very gnostic. Which also kind of like, shows in that evil. movie. Does show up in that movie. So it's actually some Jewish thought to that. Yeah. Of, well, well, there's Greek, a lot Greek of... thought and Jews kind of yeah. stole it and kind of believe that of... from. Because of Plato, and, but yeah. so it's not a new thought at all. No. There's nothing new under Everybody the sun. Everybody thinks about that. Like even the term "old soul." We I joke about that with you all the time. Like, that I was born in the wrong century. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, yeah, it's something <laughs> you still that say that. About. You're still going to joke about that, I do. aren't you? Aaron, 100 yeah. percent was supposed to be born in the 1800s, and you heard it here, folks. Um, or the 80s. 1980s is also an alter. It's up in the air. But yeah, like, <laughs> born in the 1980s or grew up in the 1980s. I should be my age in the 1980s, yes. is what you're thinking. I, yes. Like, I should be Absolutely. 21. But yeah, the and so, like, these are all thoughts that, like, are super common in our society. And so it makes sense that they would end up in a movie, really. Like, yeah. Like, everyone at some point in their life is going to ask themselves, where did I come mm-hmm. from? Who am I? And where am I going? Mm-hmm. This movie is addressing all of those things, but without addressing it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just kind of saying, like, they're just acknowledging it, but they're mm-hmm. also just making, like, they put a bug zapper in the sky, and it's like, is that heaven? Is that judgment? Mm-hmm. Like, what... What is that? And they never address it. Mm-hmm. Not once. They don't even try. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the pre-existence of the soul in the quantum realm, apparently. Mm-hmm. Is that seventh heaven? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Not a clue. And they gave... It was just very ambiguous. There was no moral lesson to mm-hmm. it. It was like... I, I do like the things that you had drawn out of that movie. I agreed with you on all those things of what... Those were good points of the movie. But they never really went anywhere with them. And they gave this very spiritualism, but with no morality. And mm-hmm. that is a dangerous dangerous thing mm-hmm. because that's when I, like i've heard so many testimonies and like i've listened to cultish a lot about mm-hmm. people who got into like lucid dreaming and into hallucinogens mm-hmm. and like they thought having these out-of-body experiences were really cool at first but then they encountered these beings and like people talk about being being raped and assaulted mm-hmm. in lucid dreams mm-hmm. and feeling so violated against their spirit like mm-hmm. that's just there's so much danger to that, and it's such an unknown thing to us. It's a whole other dimension. We don't know mm-hmm. anything about spiritual world. We really don't. Like, mm-hmm. And I would argue it's more real than this world mm-hmm. because we're made for another world, right? That's the very C.S. Lewis thing. Is like if, if, if I find myself with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, it must mean I was made for a better world, which is true. Made, we're made for heaven, for communion with God. Obviously, depravity of man, the fall, that is, has mm-hmm. ruined that. But then you, if you get back into that spiritualism, but you don't have any, any morality to it or any, any authority, if you are your own authority in that, mm-hmm. oh my word, you are opening up the door for a lot of hurt and a lot of danger. Catastrophic results, I would say. Mm-hmm. And like, even then they got into like, okay, you should care for others. 
that wasn't a message they gave. They should have given it. They kind of implied it, but they didn't really go into that. But like, why do it all without Jesus? Why why do we care for people at all if there, if there's no Jesus? Like, any good parts of those movies are things they stole from Christianity. Yeah, and like, I don't know, I think that's the thing that really kind of went against the Christian meaning of life for me was that at the end of the day, there was, they tried to show it as so hopeful. You know, mm. you, there is light, you are somebody special, you are purposeful, but at the same time, you and 70 other people went through the same door and got the same personality trait, and you die and you go to the same place, and, like, yes, you have purpose, but not really. Yeah. And, and that joy was, never carried forward. Yeah, it never carried forward. It was so lacking hope and lacking... Mm. In a movie so that really they were trying then? to communicate purpose, they didn't communicate purpose. Right. They, and like, so is it really joy if there's no hope? Not those really. those things are interconnected. Yeah. They are so closely tied. And they never really explained what joy was at mm-hmm. all. They just kind of, they said it was a feeling. Mm-hmm. Joy is so much deeper than mm-hmm. a feeling. Because now, any kid who watches that, and is starting to base maybe some of their life off that. Because Pixar's very influential, right? Yeah. Kids are in- influential I believe my toys well. existed because of Toy Story. Right? So now a kid is might be thinking, okay, I'm supposed to have this joy and my spark. Well, what happens if they have depression? Mm-hmm. And that is extremely hard to attain. What happens when tragedy strikes? Because it mm-hmm. always does. We're in it a does. broken world. They didn't address the fact that there's a brokenness that has marred what joy is in our brains. Mm-hmm. And what joy is. Like, maybe they're going based off of joy purely from inside out, mm-hmm. and that was just a feeling. Yeah. It wasn't true joy. No, it wasn't. And a Christian would look at that and be like, okay, yeah, you're supposed to have joy in life in Christ. That's the only mm-hmm. way that you're going to have lasting joy, mm-hmm. and a joy that's deeper than just a feeling, but a peace and a hope. Because that's what joy, like, that's why joy and hope are mm-hmm. so interconnected, because part of having joy in mm-hmm. trials, in suffering, which is the way joy is mostly mentioned in scripture, mm-hmm. is having joy and suffering is it's from a deep-seated hope and faith and trust in the god that made you that he has you and he holds you in his hands Mm -hmm. and then you're like ah joy yes yeah this beautiful thing about the god who loves me yeah i think yeah something that i really noticed or i happened after i watched it with my mom like i said and afterwards we went for a drive and we talked about it and at the end we ended up just reminding each other of the gospel Mm -hmm. and just saying like yeah we are broken people who live in a broken world. Mm. And God made us in his image. We're not purposeless. We'd not, we're not just void, empty beings who fall into our bodies from a black hole in another realm mm-hmm. into our bodies. We are people who are created with purpose. And that purpose is to glorify God, making disciples who make disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Spirit, teaching them mm. to obey and I share the gospel. And, and lo, just, I am with you always to the yeah, end of the age. And like, oh, it's not so a good. lonely existence. It's not a purposeless existence. Clearly, the Great Commission gives us purpose. But also, like, we're people who are bought with a price. We're not just a copy that went through a door and got a personality trait. We're someone who was made in the image of God, knit together mm. in our mother's womb with such an amazing idea in mind. Nothing about us is our, like, is without thought. Mm. Nothing. And Christ saw value in us. He didn't see us as some copy that there were 70 other ones who went through the same door. We were someone he hmm. looked at. And or just some soul on. wandering aimlessly. No, like he didn't think no. that. He saw us as someone worth dying for. 
and he died and mm-hmm. resurrected in order to bring us into community with him so that we could live in eternity, which is also something that wasn't mentioned, but living in eternity in his presence where there is fullness of joy. Amen. And that mm. fullness of joy isn't just from playing music. It's not from me writing. It's not from you painting. It's not from my f- friend being a good writer. It's not about my friend who is a good speaker. It's not about our friend who is a good athlete. That's that's not where our joy is from. Our joy that. comes from the Lord filling us up with his spirit and the presence that he has in our life. And mm. I think that's absolutely beautiful and that's what is missing. Because I I love painting and I and I find such joy in that because I know it points to something better. I know it's just a taste. It's just a, a shadow or type mm-hmm. of the joy that is to come and it's just a way I am spending time with with my god and and reflecting on that right and that's the joy is something deeper it's it's just some it's just part of that right and like as someone who i like the reason that's i really liked it is because it addresses mental illness but at the same time i have struggled for a long long time with depression and anxiety and feeling insecure mm-hmm. and feeling worthless that was a significant part of my life before i became a christian and I know now that even though I feel those things, I can still have joy. I am not some lost, wandering soul without purpose or aim Mm. or meaning. I am a beloved child of God who is going forward, sojourning in this world, until I reach my final destination, which is the presence of God, Mm. where my joy will be complete. Mm. And... I look forward to glorification. Glorification is what brings me joy. I know that this world is going to be hard. I'm not going to be healed from this. Hmm. But I also know that one day I will be. Oh, that blessed assurance. And that's what brings me joy. And so Hmm. I, at the end of this movie, I just sat there and I'm like, this kind of teaches that depression can only be healed with a chakra and some bongos. Hmm. And I... They didn't really give any solutions they to didn't any give trials or troubles. They solutions to it. They just said that this is part of life. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. No, there is something you can mm-hmm. do about it. You can find Jesus. It really made you sovereign over yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't acknowledge any other God but the one mm-hmm. within you, essentially. Mm-hmm. Very New Age thought, right? Everyone wants to be their own God, have mm-hmm. some sort of control. But it really got me thinking about, like, Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes 3 has one of my yeah. favorite. Oh, I love it so much, right? For, for everything, there is a season and a time of every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Mm-hmm. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. Mm -hmm. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time Mm -hmm. to love and a time to hate. A time for war. A time for peace. Mm -hmm. God is the one who ordains everything under heaven. Yeah. And on earth and in heaven. And man, when we forget that, we end up with movies like Soul. Mm -hmm. Where there's just, they're reaching out and it's meaningless, meaningless. All is meaningless. Mm -hmm. Why does man toil under the sun? They never got to that because they don't have an answer. And that's why that movie broke my heart. Also, it definitely told me to do shrooms. 
definitely was not, did not care whether or not I do shrooms or not. On the other hand, it definitely convinced me that um, the reason my cat is such a brat is 100% because something fell into its body that thinks that is a pretentious jerk who definitely has the right to authority over my life. Brilliant. Well, we have gone a very long time in this podcast. I'm going to close us with my own butchered country song. If you know anything about me, I hate country music. So here you go. My lyrics to a crappy country song based off of soul. Oh, I just can't wait to be taken up in glory to that great big bug zapper in the sky. Oh my goodness. Be blessed in the most chaotic way possible. And enjoy your coffee.